Hola Madridistas, welcome to our preview for our visit to the Mestalla. It's going to be a fiery and dramatic game for sure, you know, with all the right ingredients just thrown in. Um, you know, starting with the referee, Jill Manzano, it's going to, you know, it's going to be a firecracker of a game. Vinny Jr.'s first return to the stadium after what transpired last season. You know, even even Netflix wanted to get, grab a hold of it, but then... Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about all of that and more. Uh, but yeah, this episode is sponsored by Manscaped, the pioneers of male grooming with a wide array of grooming products for your face, uh, all the way to your balls. So go check out manscaped.com for a, for 20% off and free shipping if you use the code LBR20 at checkout. L, that's code LBR20 at manscaped.com. With that out of the way, man, we have a full house for this preview. Farouk is finally back in the starting lineup after what feels yes. like an eternity. Like it's been an absolute eternity, man. We've been missing you so much. You know, Farouk is also, I mean, Ashik is also in the chat. He's like, Farouk is back, baby. Yeah, I just can't hide the excitement from my voice, man. It's been so long. Yeah, it's been so, so long, man. It's been, you know, a long time. No see, and honestly, I'm, you know, so glad to be back, you know. Refreshed. I recharge the battery. I don't actually, I honestly, like, I actually think of going to Nigeria as a virgin rather than, you know, going to recharge the battery. But, anyways, it's fair game, you know, like, you go there, you do your shit, and you come back. Well, yeah, we're back, you know, and honestly, I did, you know, miss this, and I miss you guys, and I miss, you know, <clears throat> the people in the comment as well. Like, uh, I'm really, really pumped, you know, to get going. And, yeah, hopefully, you know, we had uh, we have a good pod ahead. I mean, of course, I'm here, so it's going to be good. So, like, you know, everybody, everyone can just, you know, chill. Absolutely. You know, Mo, uh, usually, like, uh, I know I don't give uh, such an enthusiastic um, intro when you when you are on, but yeah, man, I'm I'm totally appreciative that you're also here on the podcast. <laughs> no, man, I'm used to it. You know, w- w- once you're in the greatness of Farouk, you kind of get used to being second fiddle, so. <sighs> no way, no way. Uh, and yeah, last but not the least, uh, we have... Uh, Gaia, who's a Valencia friend from Nigeria, he was here for our preview this season. So yeah, welcome back again, man. Uh, how's it going? How's it been going? Uh, how's yeah, life I'm... as a Valencia fan? Yeah, it has been a roller coaster to be very honest. Um, we might qualify for you this season, but yeah, that's that. That's that. Um, it's a pleasure to be here once again. Absolutely, man. Uh, so yeah, I mean, let's uh, kick off this. I, I mean, oh. Yeah. Before before you start, Jacob, I'm sorry for interrupting you, but guy, like, you know, I have to ask you, like, how how does a guy in Nigeria decide to support Valencia, and like, what what befell you to choose this club? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think I, I answered this question the first time I was here. You know, it's uh, it's kind of just it's like it's an identity for me. You know, um, being a Valencia fan, it's it's an identity. You know, I fell in love, I fell in love with the club. Long, long, long before, before the old meme trying to take the club down and all of that, you know. And yeah, I can't just seem to leave, you know. I enjoy being a Valentine. I enjoy the roller process. I enjoy the eyes, you know. I really the lows, but then that's part of being a fan, isn't it? Definitely. Yeah, yeah, man. We have to be happy. At least he's not a Man United fan. So. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, guys, I, I guess uh, we can kick things off by, you know, uh, going towards the elephant into the room. Um, let's let's hear from you, Gaia, like uh, why, you know, the hot topic is why is Netflix not being granted access to, you know, uh, actually shoot in your stadium? Why is there no documentary episode? Uh, and then why doesn't Hugo Duro want to interview and whatnot? 
Um, I, I think the, the next week's issue is, is the fact that the Valencia fans, basically, they don't want to be labeled racists. They feel like it's a whole campaign against them to be called, to be called racist and be part of a whole Vinicius team. I'd, I'll go as far and say they dislike Vinicius because they labeled the whole club, the fans themselves racists. And like Gaia said during the week, Valencia has expelled all three or four fans that did the act and it ends there. There's, there's nothing else to be done, you know? The fans should be respected from the club's view, from the players with the fans should be respected. And as Goduro said in his interview, yeah, Vinicius is going to come. It's going to be a game of it's going to be a game of football. It's going to it's going to be boo that he's going to receive jazz and all of that. But then it's not going to be racially abused, yeah. Nobody nobody has, has any agenda against him. It's just going to be a plain game of football. Ups and downs, yeah, and Valencia looking for the win. Absolutely. So yeah, man. Like I just hope you know uh, what the players. Jacob, say. I just like to like, uh, chime in and say something. I think you you said that Ugo Duro doesn't want to give an interview, but it, it is like that's not the situation. Ugo Duro wanted to give the interview, but Valencia is the one who blocked that. Oh, so wow. I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't blame the player honestly. Yeah, I mean, like I would imagine like it's 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 a lot for, a lot of fun actually getting onto Netflix and getting interviewed and whatnot. So. That was I mean, uh, Duro also like kind of spent some time at Real Madrid, and you know he he overlapped with Vinny, so I'm pretty sure there's a relationship there. So you definitely want to be you know involved in it. But then after everything that happened last, like the last time around, Valencia uh, at Real Madrid, it's kind of understandable that the club does not want really want to you know uh, get themselves involved. But uh, I kind of find it funny when you know Super Deporte, the, the the newspaper in Valencia, the kind of article they're printing out against Vinicius. When they do that, and then they on the on the on the other hand, they turn around and say, "We don't really want to be involved because uh, we don't want our club to be misrepresented." But then, you know, the fans, especially uh, the ultra that are related to Peter Lim, who are friendly with him, Yomus, they we all know what they have been doing for the for the last past year, you know. And uh, super deported, the newspaper Valencia hasn't been behind. So, for me personally, I don't really know what to expect in this game. I'm kind of afraid for the worst, but I hope for the best. Yeah, the bad part was no, like. I a... agree. Sorry, no, sorry for interjecting, Jacob. Like I was just gonna say, like that's the thing. Like you know, with uh, uh, we all saw the game. You know what happened there, and like you know, although Gaia was mentioning the fact that you know three, four people have been expelled and stuff like that. Like we know it's not three, four people, and it's not about the three, four people or like thereof. It's about you know the statements that were coming out after the game from the officials of Valencia, what they were saying, and how they were portraying the you know the whole story. You understand? So I kind of feel like. This is just the team with them, you know, like, uh, I feel like it's going to be a really, really, you know, like temperamental game. I don't know if, you know, Vini will get sent over stuff like that because I, I, I don't know if, you know, he has that matureness in him to, you know, to, to maintain calm and what is and what is not. But I really do hope, you know, the game doesn't, you know, get ugly again. But I do definitely know that, you know, one thing for sure is that we shouldn't expect, you know, Valencia to, you know, uh, come out and, yeah, like, you know, allow people like with Netflix to come and do stuff and shit like that. Like it's, it's. I, I feel like if there is no campaign against them. Like, if you watch the game, you know what happened. You saw what happened. You know, but like they just try to paint it in a different story. And it's, 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 it's like you know, like the whole thing with it's been like you know, it's been there. Daniel Alves, Neymar, Ronaldinho, you know, Samuel Eto'o. Like it's not something that's happening today, or it's you know, it's the first time. It's just like for the first time, like being like, yeah, okay, I'm gonna call them out on, on this, you know. So I kind of feel like it's 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 gonna be really you know interesting to see what happens tomorrow. But I really do hope like you know Vinny you know comes out of that. I mean, best case scenario let him get a red card. But like I mean, 
I feel that, you know, it can be worse than a red card and already considering the fact that we already have a lot of players missing, like, you know, adding Vinicius to that list again would be really, really, you know, uh, you know, really, really dangerous for us. And uh, just to add on top of that, uh, I, I did see like a, like one of the Valencia media outlets, I think, uh, or like one of the talk shows, uh, they had a despicable photo of Vinicius when they were talking about him. And, you know, along with uh, all of, on top of all of that, uh, it's just so sad that, you know, some of the media outlets are going ahead with us and it's so normalized in Spain. I mean, uh, that's what I was talking about, you know, Super Deporte and everything. We were Super Deporte had a, had a like they have they've had a couple of covers. I kind of referenced it in the last time we did a preview as well, where they 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 had a, like the I think it's the Yomus guys from Valencia. I don't know if you like you guys have heard about it, but there's an ultra group that is aligned with Peter Lim, and I guess this that's the only Valencia fan group that's actually aligned with him because the rest of them kind of oppose him, and that group kind of gets a lot of leeway because you know because obviously they they want. Uh, they have good relationship with uh, Peter Lim, so I, 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 they have this special chant prepared for uh, Vinicius that was on the cover of Super Deporte, and I remember there was like a special. I, I don't know if it was immediately in the aftermath of the incident or it was like recently, but there was a cover of Vinicius with you know, uh, comparing him to calling him a liar or something and having like some you know racist imagery on top of it. And then there's also the fact that uh, you know uh, there was an article on Super Deporte recently on their website. Where they were, they were kind of like trying to portray that Vinicius is the one who's, you know, uh, creating all of all of this uh, situation around him. Not like, you know, like they, they they are almost like kind of like forced to do it because of the way Vinicius is acting. So that 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 is the narrative that created. And the thing is, like they ha- they are creating this narrative because there are people to sell it to. And the thing, like I mean, we don't really want to say that all of Valencia is uh, racist or all Val- Valencia fans are racist, but there's a significant portion of it, and the club isn't doing anything about it. You know, suspending like two or three people isn't where the buck stops. We have seen what has happened with Atleti and Vinicius. Even today, there was a news about Atleti, you know, friendly Atleti, the Atleti Ultras kind of abusing a racist, you know, throwing racist chant towards a, a, a small girl who was wearing a Vinicius jersey. So, um, this is something that, you know, Spain as a country itself has to you know, sort out. It isn't just about football, it's like much larger than that. Uh, so I kind in that context when you think about what Ugaduro said, you know, I there will be hostility, but it will be at the level of football. It's like it's, you think it's like wildly optimistic, but yeah, man, I hope for the best. We have to wait and see, man. But uh, Gaia, like uh, I, I've I heard that uh, the Valencia fans even have prepared a chant for Vinicius. Uh, have you actually learned the chant as well? No, no, no. I wouldn't learn the chant. My Spanish is a bit, a bit tricky, you know. Well, yeah, um, I think it's basically just calling him a liar for um, labeling the whole fan base. That's good. Although I don't agree, I feel like once um, a certain set of people, yeah, it's 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 normal for other fans to actually label. Uh, is it just me or uh, so is I feel Kaya like picking yeah. up in between? Um, it's for me. I, it's my online. It's like the upward environment. Yeah, man. Uh, can you say that again? What did you uh, say? Uh, you were just breaking up a bit before. Oh, okay. I, I was like, I'm listening. It's it's just the fan base labeling Vinicius a liar, and uh, um, because he labeled the whole fan base, it's so said the whole stadium chanted racist chants at him. So like, that's just like the major goal to Vinicius. But I feel like. Yeah, he, he froze for me as well. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
but but I, I kind of get the point he's making that the I kind of like explained the chant like the last time we were on, it was like, it kind of went like there's this guy who always keeps crying and you know he's a Real Madrid player blah 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 he thinks we insult him because of his color or something but it's only because he's bad or something you know uh, for for me personally everything that's happened is kind of, you, we kind of know where that's coming from so I personally don't like it a lot but yeah man. I, I I kind of understand when Valencia fans say we're not all racist because you know obviously they are not, but there's <laughs> then the club has to act against it, and so far they haven't done like what what I find to be adequate. Yeah, man, but uh, we have to wait and see. Uh, either way, uh, no matter what, Netflix is not going to be there, but uh, the cameras are going to be there. We can, we are still going to hear from the fan uh, fans, you know, on the TV and the live. So, I mean, yeah. the only thing that denied Netflix is the accreditation. Netflix could still buy tickets and you know send their cameras and they could have like uh, they could capture stuff with their phone. So it doesn't really stop anything. I kind of feel like Jacob is on like a, you know a, 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 I don't know if he's sponsored by Netflix or somebody. He just has to keep mentioning them, you know, to kind of bring attention to them, like you know, I mean, shit like that. I mean, if Net, if we get Netflix after Netscape, Manscape, you know, who's complaining? Yeah, <laughs> But yeah, are, are you guys uh, looking forward to the Vinicius documentary or whatnot? I mean, it's a couple of years ago away, so you know, uh, let's let's see what happens. Mm. All, right, all right, you know, but but uh, less said about this, the better. Uh, hopefully, you know, um, there's a stop to all of this. At least uh, some measures are taken uh, place because all eyes are going to be on them from the whole league, uh, maybe from even the whole of Europe. Uh, from Brazil as well, so hopefully they get their shit together and we see uh, an actual competitive game. But yeah, man, last time, Gaia, when we were on the podcast, we were discussing, man, it's going to be a tight game. We're going to be fighting tooth and nail after what happened. But that wasn't really the case after the first leg. Like, what went wrong for you guys? It was just a series of comical errors at the back, right? Gaia, I mean... Uh, uh, I was just asking you, like, uh, can you walk us through, you know, what happened in the first leg? Uh, uh, I mean, in the first fixture in La Liga. Oh, I remember. I remember coming on here and um, Shady um, Caval only for him to go on and score at the Benabal. Um That was like, really a really good experience for me. Well, yeah, I think um, Madrid is coming to Mestalla, and um, it's gonna it's going to be tough. Just like just like the last game, and it's going to be like a fiery atmosphere, especially with the with the old Vinicius fiasco. And yeah, so I feel like the Valencia Valencia fans themselves feels like they have they have a point to prove to give a positive a positive view of what the Valencia fans are. Um, so I think like Mister is going to go packed up, everybody behind the players, and the players too. Valencia is competing for Europe this season, so defeating Madrid will be a statement win. And I feel like you're coming to Mister. I mean, in the last um, three, four seasons, we Madrid, Real Madrid and Mestalla. So it's something that can definitely, definitely, definitely happen this season. Um, I think Bellingham is injured. Um, Vinicius might be restricted because. Yeah, I mean, uh, we lost a guy over there, but uh, yeah, you are saying Vinicius is gonna be restricted. I mean, you can't restrict Vinicius, man. That's just not doable. The best right backs in the world have tried it, but it just doesn't happen. In the in the first leg at at the well, yeah, I mean, I mean, it was last last season. It was restricted. Mm -hmm. It was restricted. I think that 
Fordi så fyrer jeg ikke lagt en aften igen. Så fast jeg. No man, Faru, what do you think about this man? Like, do you think Vinicius was restricted or Vinicius was restricting himself by you know being obviously distracted I for the right reasons? Constrained situation. I mean, if this is the kind of restriction you're asking, you're you're talking about, then I mean, uh, that just goes to show that okay, it's gonna get another disgusting evening. Then we can keep chanting, you know, racial insults at him. That's the only restriction that happened, you know. And the point is, as long as that's that's the thing, like you know, like Vinny is gonna do his thing. And part of the team he does is like he doesn't know how to control himself. And I think rightly so, like when you're being, you know, insulted by 30, 40 or thousand people, you know, okay, maybe that's an exaggeration. Anyways, like when you're being racially abused by, you know, a significant portion of the stadium, I feel like, you know, definitely you're going to be in a different mental space. So I don't think Vini was restricted, but as Jacob said, like, you know, it was just, you know, a mental restriction. So except if that's, you know, the tactic that that's so I'm sorry to him. Yeah, that's, that's basically what I'm saying. I'm a it was very obvious that from the first minute, everyone was against Vinicius, even without any previous They already had a provocative football player, and everybody seems to attack him. I think it's general in every single stadium in Spain, um, every single fan base tends to like Vinicius because he, tagged, he has a tag provocative player on him right now. So I feel like hey, if he's in the right mental space, if he can like be mature enough to like, go against him, yeah, we'll have a very great game. But then if he lets it affect him, Obviously, he's going to have a full game. Yeah, uh, let's let's see. Hopefully, like uh, I know, like the whole fan base, uh, Real Madrid fan base as well. Like we know, Vinicius has some troubles when he goes to the away games. He sometimes he gets carried away. But yeah, uh, all reports are that uh, he's gonna be f- totally turned down in this game, and you know, and absolutely gun for it, and no distractions. But yeah, let's see how it transpires. Um. I just wanted to talk about, you know, before we discuss the lineups for Valencia and whatnot, uh, I just wanted to discuss uh, how are your youngsters doing? Because last time when we did the podcast uh, preview earlier on the season, Pepele was actually tearing it up in the league. He was scoring goals. Uh, He was being an absolute menace. Uh, Is he still as good uh, as in the start of the season? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Pepele is still pulling the strings. Is arguably Valencia's best player currently, and I feel like with um Ugulamon with Ovaldi has given him has given him more freedom to like venture of the of the football pitch. Although Avigura has, has seen has seen like a dip in form, but yeah, um, I think Pepe is the best player currently. Um, is Valencia's best player. He picks up the pieces, aerially, duel um, on the defensively, going on set pieces. All right. Looks like we lost him again, but yeah, man, like uh, Havik, uh, that uh, you know, earlier on in the season, just before you guys faced, I think it was against Atletico uh, that Javi Guerra scored that uh, yeah. Golasso. And uh, how come he lost his place yeah, in the lineup? Is it because you guys football. switched up formations? I know you guys like to play with two strikers now, yeah. Um, with from ever since Barak came, the ball is like. Playing as a central striker outside, but since then, I remember 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 I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I
um, I believe having two points and uh, I think I got half of that, but more like do, uh, do you have like more insight on this uh, regarding Valencia. Pavi, yeah Valencia and you know the formation that no, you no, no. Valencia is like one of the teams in La Liga I kind of hate a lot, so I don't really. You never watched them? Oh man! No, no, no. It's like I I just know a little bit about them in the fact that you know they. They were having a decent season. They, they kind of have a shot at like uh, European spots because of how everything around them is going. Because you know, I think Sociedad have been pretty bad, and like some of the teams haven't really been in top form. So they, they have a shot at the European spots. But besides that, I wouldn't really know much about them. But yeah, for me, the thing is like uh, Pepe Lu has been their best player. But the funny thing is like he kind of signed a nine-year contract with Levante before making the move to uh, Valencia. And like for people who don't know, Valencia and Levante are like seated rivals. So. There's 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 a huge derby between them and kind of uh, Pepe Lu wanted to stay at Levante long term, but because of some financial issues, he had to move. And Valencia was the team that signed him, luckily for them. So yeah, that's basically all my knowledge about Valencia, apart from the fact that they, they Duro has been like good for them, and uh, they, they signed Peter Federico. So that's somebody I'm excited to see if he if he even gets a chance because I was kind of looking at their last previous games and I saw like he he got a a few minutes as substituted in one of the games, so that that's a player that I am like slightly excited about. Beyond that, yeah, Javi Guerra, Diego Lopez, like these guys, they have come in and done it. They did well even last season. So for me, I don't know what they're going to start with, but like what like uh, Guerra was saying, you know, Guillemon. If if I understood him correctly, he said Guillemon came in and ever since then, uh, like um, uh, Javi Guerra hasn't had a like much of a, like he hasn't had a regular run. So for me, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. And Mastaya away, you know, Madrid has always been a hostile ground, uh, irrespective of what is happening with Vinicius right now. Uh, I believe it was a transfer of Miatovic who kind of like, you know, uh, kind of like uh, ignited this rivalry. Although, you know, like uh, Valencia in the past were Spain's third biggest team. I think it's the third biggest city in Spain. So there always is a rivalry between them. And, you know, given the fact that they... I think before Atleti, they were the last uh, club not in Madrid or Barcelona to win the La Liga title. So they were a big club, but right now they're in ruins. And uh, Madrid away have always had problems with them because, you know, how their fans are, it's a hostile environment. And add the Vinny thing, the Vinny ingredient to it, and it, it becomes even more hostile. Totally. Like, I, I wouldn't say like they're in total shambles, like in the last season, especially. Like, Valencia, uh, Sevilla are in shambles right now. But then Valencia, I feel like uh, they're slowly on the climb up. Definitely. No, and well, the thing about Valencia is the fact it's down to the ownership of Peter Lim, right? As soon as they get a little bit of hope, he yanks it. He, so that's even worse, you know, being a fan because you have this hope that club is going to get better. and But then you don't really know what your owner is going to do. It, it was kind of funny seeing. Gabriel moved from Valencia to Atleti because they didn't really want to extend his contract and they were worried if he played too much, that might trigger an extra year in his contract. So they decided to just, you know, cancel his contract and let him go for free. So when you have a club and an ownership doing stuff like that, he kind of like, you know, as a fan, you you, you don't really like it. So for me, Sevilla, the situation, the ownership, they, they might want to improve. But from Valencia's and you know that they're not going to, you know, let the club improve because uh, they we, we saw that they had Good dealings, for, uh, good time with Marcelino. They fired him. Even Barra, Ruben Baraja, he was doing. He's doing a good job with Valencia, but you know, every time he he's getting the club up, they they come out and you know <laughs> they try to. I don't. I don't know how to put it. Maybe they hit him with the with a stick and you know hamstring hamstring him themselves. So 
being a Valencia fan is like is like a tragedy right now. So that that, that that's why I was kind of surprised, you know, somebody in Nigeria is supporting uh, Valencia all the way. So yeah, man, Kaya, you, uh, I, I know think you wanted me, to interrupt more. The, okay, so go ahead. Yeah, and the the Gabriel Polisa thing is understandable because Polisa doesn't have much to give, and um, he's one is literally like the highest paid player. That, um, just say, yes, um, it was, it was standing to police. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think what Kaya said was, oh, yeah, back and, uh... man, uh, you are breaking up. Sorry, man. can you hear me? Uh... I can hear you now. Uh, um, let's try one thing, man. Like, uh, okay. maybe uh, turn off your video and then speak. Maybe that helps. Okay, okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Let's try that. Can you hear me now? Yeah, much better. Go ahead, man. Okay, okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, the is understandable because um, he was about to finish his contract, um, but there was a renewal clause on it. Yeah, I think you broke away again. I can't hear you. Yeah, yeah. You seem as active on wage views and all of that. But then, yeah, um, it was. Yeah, I mean, uh, Gaia, I mean, uh, maybe you can restart your router or something, man, like, because you're absolutely breaking up. But yeah, I think I heard what you said. You're basically saying uh, Gabriel Polis, like, I mean, he wasn't like worth renewing or anything like it's it's kind of better to like go let him go on free or something oh man but yeah um how about you man like uh, have you been able to catch glimpses of valencia at least unfortunately anything that's not the white color of real madrid in spain doesn't entice me oh wow i mean okay i've seen june a couple of times just to be honest but yeah i i want to see no i've never been a fan of, of, of of you know of the Spanish league as a whole, honestly. I mean, it's just we were lucky, you know, and fortunate enough to develop an affection for Real Madrid. Otherwise, you know, I would not even know that, you know, uh, a league such as La Liga even exists in the world, you know. But yeah, it's 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 fair game. But yeah, you know, uh, as more just rightly pointed, you know, like one thing I always know about Valencia is even since you know back in the day, it's always been a very very tricky fixture, you know, going to Marseille. Like I, I you know. Uh, we've always had, you know, very, very interesting games and very, you know, nervy and sometimes even exciting games, you know, at the Marseille. And we hope to see more of the same, but yeah, with the whole thing, you know, that more just pointing out with the things just in and all that, it's not looking that bright, you know, on one side, especially with the fans, you know, preparing special chants and stuff like that. So, yeah, I just hope, you know, like that we can get, you know, uh, we can, you know, get through the game on skiff, at least, you know, uh, one way or another, both physically and mentally and, you know, point-wise as well. Absolutely. But actually, you were, you, you were asking about the youngsters. So I, I was going to ask you guys, like, what's up with Artigre? Like, I was reading something, I think, earlier this morning. And, like, they were like, there is a, a sort of tension between Arda and, uh, and the coaching staff. I don't know if you guys, if it's true or, like, if it's just, you know, a fabricated nonsense. I don't know, man. Are you like reading up uh, Turkish media? Because I, I didn't see yeah, I mean, if I, of course, I mean, come on, Turks are crazy. Like, if it's Turkish media, they would be like, yeah, Kalan Soloti is not putting him because, you know, he has a bias against the, the rise of the Turkish Empire and shit like that. You know? <laughs> that's what's going to be. But uh, I know that's. No, but I, I actually, they were like, where did you read it? Was, it was on the Athletic earlier this morning, right? So I guess. Uh, okay. At the like, I think it was Guillermo Rai. Yeah. Yeah, it was exactly. It was the right. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I think it was like he was, they were talking about a couple of players not being on good, uh, really not having a good relationship with the coaching staff right now. But it's yeah. kind of understandable, yeah. you know. He's not getting short like after what happened. Well, I mean, come on, like he's 18, so like I mean, I can understand Luka Modric's case, of course, definitely because like this is someone who is like at the end of it. But I mean, for Arda, I kind of feel like it's. I mean, as you always say, more like we didn't sign him to play for Real Madrid in 2024. You know, we signed him for to play for Real Madrid for a decade. So. I feel like concerned how everything's panned out. Like he's had three injuries, if I'm not mistaken. For, for that, that's that's a perspective of mine, right? I'm a fan. I'm not regular, but you're regular. Picture this, right? When the season starts, before you have an injury, there's talk about you being ahead of Brahim Diaz. There's talk about you playing in the uh, in in a false nine role when Bellingham is not there, right? And then suddenly you come back from injury after six months. Okay, you get a 45 minutes, but after that you're completely frozen out. Right, there, there, there's an opportunity for you to play, and then suddenly you, the coach asks you to go and warm up. When you come back, he says, you know, okay, I'm gonna, uh, you're not gonna go on because Modric has scored a goal now. So uh, he, and add to that that he's 18, right? So he's 18, 19, and that was his birthday. So I kind of understand why he would be pissed, but I don't like, I, I don't really blame Ancelotti either because I kind of understand what why Ancelotti was making those decisions. Like when we did the preview for. For the game, you know, where we, me and Jacob, we were talking about, it and we said that probably he could call Alvaro because you know Hosolu was injured, and I, even when we were struggling, we hadn't scored a goal. I was kind of hoping that he would put Alvaro instead of Adaguler because for me personally, like you know, the thing is like Alvaro uh, Adaguler is kind of a player who doesn't really make impact as from a substitution, right? If you have like ten minutes of to, for game to go, he doesn't bring the verticality, he doesn't bring the intensity. What he brings is magic and trickery, right? So you, you those kind of players make more of an impact from the start than. You know, if you kind of play them for 10 minutes, you wouldn't really see their impact. So for me, in that situation, I would have brought in Alvaro as well. So for me, I don't really blame Ancelotti for the decisions he took. But I kind of understand the perspective of Arda as well, because I think he, at this stage especially, he needs more game time. For me, when we signed him, I said this, you know, I, I thought he should have gone on loan instead of staying at Madrid. But he said at Madrid, he decided to back himself. And right now, he, he has to do that. I mean, from February until the end of the season, we're going to play a lot of games. If we, you know, if, especially if we do well in the Champions League and go deeper into the, uh, you know, go, go deeper into the tournament. So there, there are going to be games. I, I just hope he keeps his patience, you know, and waits for his chance like Brahim did. Once Brahim got his chance, he kind of showed himself. And I hope Arda does the same. Yeah, very valid points, honestly. But yeah, I just kind of show like, you know, considering the fact that, you know, like Ardegular is moving from, you know, uh, from Fenerbahce to, 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 you know, to be arguably the biggest, you know, club and biggest stadium in the world i kind of felt like you know the impatience there is, is something that's you know i feel like it's 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 something that i wouldn't expect like i, I feel like it's i think it's it's just like taking the opportunity you have for granted in my opinion like honestly because i always see this like when we go back you know, i think there's a little innocence when it comes to articular because this this kid is like you remember what his uh, presentation was like, right? Even before his name was called, he was like he went and stood beside uh, like Florentino. So I, I kind of think there's a little bit of let's say he lacks a little bit of. Mm, I don't want to say he lacks maturity. What I want to say there's a little bit of you know that youthful exuberance, where he is like uh, over eager to play and make a name for himself. So I kind of understand where he's coming from, but you know at the end of the day he has to stay patient. And I think he has kind of like a good. Uh, let's say like good people behind him because he has a good rela relationship with mother, father, and everything. So I kind of hope that you know those people can rein him in and not 
you know, I hope the, the pressure of Madrid doesn't get too much to him and, you know, eats him up because we've seen this before. You, playing for Madrid isn't just being about good. You can be a good player and then still struggle because of the enormity of the club, you know. And you said that it, arguably Remory is the biggest club in the world. I would just like to correct you there. It's not arguably. It is the biggest club in the world, you know, and the pressure he has immense. I mean, we, I see Barcelona fans going around and saying, oh, we are the biggest club in the world. So, I mean, I, you know, they don't really have a basis for that. But if you're a Real Madrid fan, we shouldn't be saying arguably. <laughs> Definitely, man. Well, that's 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 a very you know, definitive point. But also, I always like to point out to the fact that you know, also like you know, in the past you mentioned about the fact that you followed Arda for a while. Like Arda actually hasn't played proper proper football for the whole full season in his career before. He's he came and like you know he he played I think like around seven to eight months for you know Fenerbahce has been like a proper starter. You know, before that he was just in and out of the team. You know, coming in making impact and stuff like that. So I kind of feel like you know. Expecting to make from that jump to all of a sudden, you know, being a contender at Real Madrid, I feel like it's a significant jump that, you know, it's not going to happen. And let's not forget, like, even with Vinicius, you know, like, everything had to fall in place. If Eden Hazard hadn't, you know, been the burger that he was, the development of Vinicius would have not been this, you know, rapid at all. So that's yeah. the thing, you know. Farouk, I, I totally understand that. I agree with the points you're making because, you know, I think uh, Arda needs to show some patience. And that's basically what you're saying. So for me as well, I 100% I agree with that. But the thing is, like, you also have to factor in the fact that this is a 19-year-old kid who was always told in his life that he's going to be the best in the world. So there, there, there is going to be an over-eagerness to play. But yeah, it is, man. I, I do hope, you know, it's just media bullshit and all that. And I hope, like, you know, everything is calm at the White House. I mean, if, if there is one guy you would trust to handle all of these issues because I think in the same athletic article there was also rumors about Nacho not being happy. There's always there there were reports yeah, about yeah. Kepa and stuff. So if there's one guy in the world who I expect to like, you know, keep a handle on this thing is Ancelotti. So in this situation, we have the best manager who can handle these things. I'm just lucky we don't have Eric Ten Hag going out in the media, you know, like throwing his players under the window. <laughs> I mean, or maybe Thomas Tuchel. <laughs> yeah, that was that was that, that was the name I was gonna throw in. Actually, I think Thomas Tuchel is actually also a, a coach that you wanna you know you wanna be aware of in this kind of situations. But anyway, yeah, like I mean, it is what it is. Like you know, that's the. I mean, you 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 gain something and lose something. But yeah, we are lucky with Carlo like right now that you know it's working and also like he's a good man manager. But yeah, I mean, till it stops working, anyways. Yeah, if it starts, if it stops working, everybody, all of us will be on his throat. So, and we're amateur fans, you know. We 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 are reactionary, and that is what you yeah. know. We are famous and, for it, and, and you know, we're proud to be it. And me, as you know, the, the very good and calm friend, I will not tell you that I told you so before, but you know, it's cool. <laughs> okay. Yeah, man, far, we miss you. Huh? We miss we, we miss <laughs> your I told you next. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But actually, I saw the I saw the game at the weekend against Sevilla as well. And like, that's uh, that's really, really, you know, like Ramos obviously, like Ramos ruled back the years. But I kind of, you know, saw that the lack of clear cut chances is also quite interesting. Honestly, I don't know. Yeah. But, uh, how many? I think we had just one chance. I think that was the Rodrigo one. I can't recall. Maybe. Man, yeah, uh, so many had a chance. Valverde had a really good chance. For me personally, ah. I kind of. I kind of felt that we, we were missing one player in the attack. You know, the, the, the Brahim was a like completely separate on a different island, and Vinicius and Rodrigo were, you know, playing in themselves. I was kind of reading an analysis from somebody I respect and, uh, on Twitter, and they were saying that we kind of tried to replicate what we used to do with Benzema, Rodrigo, and Vinicius. And instead of Benzema, we had Falao Mendy. So you know what kind of results we're getting when you play Benzema with Falao Mendy. So, 
like I said it that day in the group chat, and you know I stand by it. I think we missed a player in the attack. Brahim, you know, you can't expect better from him, but uh, for whatever reason, his combination with Rodrigo Mace doesn't seem to be gelling at this point. I hope it gets better. Uh, I mean, I've doubted Brahim before, and he's proven me wrong. So I hope he, you know, he does this as well. He he overcomes this barrier and he shows us true quality in these situations as well. But more like, what what profile of player are you looking? Like? Are you are you thinking about like we're missing? Like, do you think it's the whole pivot kind in that discussions we had in the past about you know the proper nine not being there and all that? Or like, you just feel like you know like there's a different profile. Like, for example, like you know, Bellingham is a different profile. Mbappe is a different profile, and like you have people like early knowledge only on the squad, different profiles as well. You know, so I don't know, like what kind of profile do you think is missing? I, I think that the, the emphasis on Real Madrid when they play right now is like on combination play around the box. When Bellingham is playing like right now, he's thrown into that role and he's able to combine well with Rodrigo and Vinicius. In the game against Valencia, I think we, what we were missing was a guy who could com combine with uh, Vinicius and Rodrigo and open up the chances. And I said like, you know, the idea was to have, uh, if, if we had Benzema in the situation, you know spaces would open up because Benzema knows how to hold the ball and make that pass, you know. Uh, but when you try to do it with Forlomendi, obviously you're not going to get the best results. But I, I think the the hope and desire is that Brahim, uh, sorry, Brahim does that. But we've seen it like Brahim centrally tends to struggle a little bit. So I think the idea was to put him on the right and hope Rodrigo does it. But Rodrigo, I think he's, he, we kind of keep shuffling him all the way around, you know. Sometimes he's playing as a striker, sometimes he's playing as a left finger, sometimes playing a right finger. So it, it is kind of like, you know, it doesn't really come naturally if you ask him to do it at, you know, at the drop of a, a hat. So for me personally, I think um, as long as Brahim and Rodrigo can figure out their connect, connection issues, like they can learn to play together, work out how to, you know, get the most, best out of both on the pitch when they're on the pitch together. I think it will be fine. But then, yeah, if you ask me which profile we were missing, I mean, if we had Mbappe uh, on the field against Sevilla, yeah, I'm pretty sure it would, have been a, it would have been a good game, you know, because Mbappe is also good at combination plays. Yes. Now let's ask the question, Jacob, since I've been away, you know, like, uh, I mean, I don't know, like, I make it sound like going to Nigeria is like going outside of civilization. Actually, it's not honestly, so I'm just, you know, exaggerating for what you Like, there's actually internet and light and everything. You can watch the game, but I just chose not to. Anyway, Jacob, like, can you tell, like, what's the latest on Kinyan and Mbappe? And, like, is he actually finally coming? Like, are we going to do, the, you know, the episode of the episode, you know, like, we always do, like, three episodes every summer, like, not three, actually, like, five. So, you know, we talk about the possible comment, and then we talk about the not possible comment, and the possible comment, and the not possible comment. Yeah, on top of that, so we need to have a, like, a tactical, tactical breakdowns of Mbappe, and, you know, at least this summer, I think it'll be at least seven or eight episodes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, uh, it's it's hard to say with Mbappe for me, but, uh, like, uh, I, I'm very optimistic, Mo knows this, uh, like, I always... I already consider him as a real Madrid player, but more. Do you have any news from him from his dinner with the Emir and you know with Emmanuel Martinez? Yeah, when, when the news broke that the Emir of Qatar and uh, Macron were going to meet him at the Champs Elysees, I think everybody was like, all of Ramadan had a collective heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> But, 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 you know, that's kind of, it, it kind of is funny and it kind of is sad as well because this is what, you know, football in Europe has gone down to, you know, where players are being invited to dinners and instead of thinking, oh, what a glorious manner it is for him, we are thinking, oh man, this guy is going to be given a lot of pride to stay on at PSG. <laughs> that's where, this is what it is. This is modern football. But from whatever, at least Fabrizio, he keeps on saying that, you know, he's, nothing of that sort is there. And I, I remember reading, I think I, I caught it this morning where Macron said that he's given seven years to PSD, so we can't really ask for more. 
So I, I, I am optimistic that he comes to Madrid. For me personally, I haven't still heard a confirmation that he has signed a contract with Real Madrid. There's always been rumors that, you know, there's a verbal thing, but verbal thing doesn't really mean anything. Especially uh, with Mbappé. Yeah, the sticking point is still, I think, image rights. As soon as the get is resolved, uh, we'll know. I think the confirmation about him leaving PSG wouldn't come until the, the point where uh, both PSG and Real Madrid cannot meet in the Champions League. So once that point is passed, I think that is when we'll get the confirmation that he's leaving PSG. And after that, we'll see. When the confirmation that he's joining Real Madrid is not going to come until June or July. So, you know, yeah, don't man. get your hopes up too much. Man, I already got my hopes up. Like, especially when you read stuff like uh, Mbappe is trying to look for the same locality as Vinicius, uh, you know, back. Uh, I, I've heard Mbappe already has a house in Madrid. So. Oh, okay. His mother is in Madrid, but it's not because of that. There's some other reason. I see. I see. Interesting. Okay. I mean, Mbappe is also posting pictures from Barcelona, so you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and there was there was this uh, there was this uh, thing uh, yesterday where they said that uh, Mbappe's uh, agent, uh, sorry, Haaland's agent, Rafael Apiamenda, she she met with Laporta and everyone, Deco and all those things. And right now, when you guys were talking with yeah, actually something popped up on my screen that kind of made me laugh. But it said that Barcelona, you know, they, they got, they're about to make a historic decision. The club is set to terminate its contract with Nike and create a Barca's own brand of manufacturing jerseys. So this will mean the club will be the so, it will sponsor itself and give 100% of the profits. Wow. So, you know, there's that as well. So they're going to have like uh, different stores uh, all, like, all over the world? I, I think they're bringing the manufacturing process in-house. So I don't really know how they're going to sell. The logistics of it, I'm not sure. But yeah, let's see what happens. It's Barcelona, it's Laporta. There's going to be some comedy there. So. <laughs> I, I just hope this is true, man. This is funnier than, you know, the Spotify subscription for Lifetime for players and whatnot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the point is we laugh at this thing, but actually I kind of feel like people need to start paying, you know, like both United and Barcelona needs to pay. Like we saw in Italy, like Inter Milan, AC Milan, they paid the prices, you know. The point is United and Barcelona cannot keep getting away with bullshit like this, honestly. Like, it's just unfair, like, honestly. Like, what the hell, man? Come on. Like, you shouldn't be, like, you know, pulling levers and levers and then having meetings with, arguably, you know, the, the most valuable player. Okay, yeah, maybe Mbappe is the most valuable player. Like, the second one is Haaland. You shouldn't be having discussions about Haaland when basically, like, you know, your whole shit and shit like that. It's crazy, man, honestly. It's really, really crazy. Oh, yeah, man, you know. Farouk, I think you, you need to keep something in mind. The, uh, Barcelona Ramadan are inherently political, you know. There was a, uh, there was a, like popular personality, I forget his name in Spain, who just said uh, a couple of days ago, the Ramadan president is known more around the world, you know, more, uh, he's more famous compared to the, even the prime minister of Spain. So uh, the, these That's jobs really are like true. incredibly powerful. There's a lot of uh, soft power that comes with it. So I, 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 Laporta wants to keep his job. Like, I mean, there's no two ways about it. So there's always going to be all these smoke screens about Haaland. And if you remember when he ran for election, he was hugging a mannequin of Messi. Uh, so, I mean, I, I don't <laughs> expect this sort of stuff from Laporta. And it's going to keep happening. And I think even the Haaland entourage, they want to do these things because they also want to keep the pressure on Madrid, you know? Like, if you want to sign Haaland, you have to be careful. You cannot just take us for granted. Because we saw what happened in uh, with Haaland in 2022 where he was on the market, but... Madrid kind of prioritized Mbappe. Right now, Madrid is getting Mbappe. So, you know, uh, they, they, uh, Sam Lee confirmed this, uh, I think, in a, a couple of days back where he said Haaland desires to play for Madrid. And there is a clause, like, uh, uh, it's, it's a little bit above 100 million, but it's not that high. So it is an affordable release clause in his contract. So I think there's a desire from Madrid's end as well. Probably 2025, something could happen with Haaland. 
but I don't really know how all these players are going to fit. I'm pretty sure somebody's going to leave. Yes, yeah, so of course, definitely. Someone has to leave. Like, a difficult decision has to be made. But, like, <clears throat> the point is, you know, if a, if a machine like Thailand is on the market, then, bro, you, you, you destroy the house, remove the foundations, burn it to the ground, pour petrol, add the nuclear bomb, and start it from scratch, bro. Yeah. It's just too good, man. Uh, the, the wildest rumor I said uh, read was the fact that Madrid could contemplate bringing Haaland this summer. So this summer, wow. Nah, yeah. That, that was also this rumor. I'm like, uh, but you know, it doesn't seem realistic. But let's see. Yeah, I mean, this summer we have just one goal. Let's not fumble the whole communicado official with you know Kylian Mbappe. Otherwise, man, like there is just no point anymore. I mean, until we until I also see this you know presentation, I also will not believe any traction because I feel like. Mbappe, if he ends up at Newcastle, I would not be surprised, honestly, after all the bullshit that the man has pulled with us, you know. I mean, I wouldn't put it, I wouldn't go that far and say Newcastle, but yeah, man, City, like, is all it around, especially if they risk losing Haaland. But for me, I, I think apart from Mbappe, there's also the, uh, the specter of the fact that Alfonso Davies looks a lot likelier this summer, you know. There's already a briefing from Bayern in their media that, you know, Alfonso Davies is greedy, he's asking for 20 million euros to stay at Bayern and all those reports. So I can't, it kind of feels like Alfonso is, you know, headed to Madrid. Yeah, that, that, that'd be a good sign, actually. You know, although like this season, his, his form has been down, but that's the whole story of the whole Bayern Munich team with just Harry Kane and nobody else, basically. Okay, Manuel has been good as well, but, you know, it's, it's, it's just been that. That's the story, like, you know, this Hollywood FC again all over there. But yeah, honestly, like, you know, Alfonso Davis is going to be a huge, huge bro, bro. I, I, I mean, I would say this: if instead of Mendy, we had Davis playing the Benzema role, things might have been a little bit better. So uh, I kind of have hope for it. But yeah, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go now. The, since you reference Benzema, I'm going to reference Benzema again. You know, one of them is an F1, and one of them is a go kart. So do what you want with that. No, I mean the thing is like if we if we had a better left back, I mean things might have a little bit been a little bit better, a more competent left back in the offensive phase. But then you know Alfonso has always done uh, sorry, Falamendi has always done well in in the big games, and I don't really know how Madrid is going to handle the Falamendi uh, exit next season if Alfonso Davies does end up coming. There's also rumors about the fact that Fran Garcia might also be sold, and they might bring in Miguel and keep Miguel and uh, you know Alfonso Davies as the two left backs. So it's going to be an exciting summer in Madrid, you know, with the potential exit for Nacho as well, you know, because of all the rumors. Maybe Adagula goes out on loan. I don't know what they do with Brahim. So it's going to be interesting. And the biggest question for me is like, what are they going to do with Hostello? Because his loan ends, and you know, uh, we have to make a decision on that in Madrid. Well. For me, honestly, Real Madrid is looking. Go ahead, man. Yeah, go on, Jada. Oh, okay. Yeah, for me, it's like, that's non-negotiable, man. Like, we have no striker like Jose, like, no matter what, even if it takes, like, 5 million, I'm still okay with that. I think the current price for him is, like, 1.52 million, if you sign him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jacob, I I don't think the issue is, like, uh, price. The the fact that, like, he's he's more than 30, right? 33 or something. So, if you're going to sign him, you're going to sign him for one year. So, it's going to be 1.5 or whatever it is, plus his wages. So, that's going to be his cost. And then you risk losing him the next year without making any money back on him. And then there's also an overload of number of players that we have in attack. Let's assume that Mbappe is coming, you know, just to keep you happy. So it's a, it's Mbappe, Rodrigo, Vinicius. Those are three players. And you then, then you kind of have, like, you know, Hosel is the fourth one. You have Ada Guler, you have Brahim. I mean, how many players can you, you know, keep, Hendrik as well. Hendrik. Yeah, Hendrik. Hendrik is also coming. So how many players are you going to keep happy for, like, two positions? So that's I mean, you guys told us that Carlo Ancelotti is Jesus. You know, he can literally, you know, keep happy the whole Nigeria as a, popul- as a as a playing squad. Isn't that what you guys are preaching? 
Yeah, I, I, I mean, Ancelotti is good, but he's not that good. I mean, nobody's that good. <laughs> it also depends, right? Uh, if it's three attackers that they're going to line up with next season, then um, having Rodrigo... In I mean, then that creates an issue in the midfield, right? You, you got to have Bellingham, Chouameni, Kamavinga, Fedeval Verde, four of these guys priding for three spots. In- Tony Cruz. Tony Cruz, if he renews. Man, like, think you guys are saying like, like talking like we don't never had injuries. Like you know, half the squad is gonna be missing, even if everyone comes. Now, uh, Jacob, the thing is like, if you okay, we're gonna have injuries. There's gonna be game time when it's when it comes to the classical. Who are you gonna pick? The player you don't pick is gonna be like, oh, I'm not getting picked for the big game. So, yeah. mm-hmm. to your point. But yeah, man. Uh, yeah. I, I would say uh, let's uh, you know uh, take some comments uh, and then come back and. Uh, go through the lineups for Valencia and Real Madrid. Neo. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, guy has been awfully silent actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, uh, let's there. discuss on the ad break with him if you know. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm still yeah. I was trying to get my network, my connectivity back. Okay, oh, okay, okay, perfect. Your voice is actually better now. Okay, then. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. No problems. Then. Great man. Thanks, like uh, we have some comments definitely for you, guy as well. So, uh, Ashik first of all says, "Mo, we love you too, but just don't like your mic. You know why? LOL." Don't like my mic? Yeah. Is there a problem with my mic? No, man. Not <laughs> not today. Uh, not today. But uh, apparently, you know why, so you should know. Uh, yeah. Previously, yes. <laughs> I don't know that. I, I went to the rant about five minutes for cruise, and you know, nobody heard anything apart from myself. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, myself and Sunet, because for some reason it was like on my OBS, I was muted. So. Oh, okay, okay. Five minutes, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> What are you hunting about? I'm not curious, actually. No, no I, I was kind of just, we were just talking about Cruz and his importance to the team. So, not not in a bad way. Not in a bad way. Right. I mean, no no one can speak bad about Tony Cruz, man. The man is handsome and also he's a football, he's a fantastic football player. Or, or football but, player. but you know, there, there were some there were some talks about it yesterday because Cruz said, that, uh, thank God that, uh, you know, the referee got injured. Like, I, I don't know, he was like, he was down to go or something. He said about the referee getting injured or whatever. So everybody was like, some sections were like, oh man, I didn't know Tony Cruz was really this. Some people were like, you look at this guy, he's wishing it on other people. So... <laughs> But actually, I thought if the referee wasn't changed, that Chris was going to get sent over the end of the game against Sevilla. Yeah, yeah I, I was really animated. I don't know why. I was actually surprised that we ended with 11 players. I was pretty sure that we were going to lose a player or something because of how the first half went, especially. But, you know, keeping that in mind and especially how the situation is going to be in Valencia, I was kind of happy that it's Hilmanzano who's, who's going to be the referee because, like, for me personally, he's the best referee in Spain. I'm kind of surprised that he doesn't get more. Classicos, but it's kind of understandable because the pressure from Barcelona is always this. Hilmanzano is like more favorable to Madrid than you know uh, than the other guys. So for me, I, I'm kind of happy that the guy, guy who's referring the game against Valencia is like you know Hilmanzano, especially with Mestalla, because it's going to be a high pressure game. So I hope he manages to keep control of the game and you know, we get on with it. Actually, for me, I'm fine with the stupid red cards and shit like that. What I'm just worried about is like if the game gets feisty and you know like tackles start to fly in and you know. Yeah, yeah. So, so in that situation, I'm kind of hoping Hilmanzano can, you know, keep control of the game because uh, other referees in Spain, we know that they're not that good. By the way, how long is Jude out for? Like, when does he come back? The quarterfinals or semis of the Champions League? Yeah, the, the hope was for him to return against Valencia, but they're hoping, you know, that he he hasn't still rejoined the group training. So I think they're hoping he'll be back for Leipzig. 
Oh, that's perfect then. Okay, cool, 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 cool. Yeah, man, that's that's even like reports saying maybe if he joins training session, uh, the group training tomorrow, then he could potentially be on the bench as well for let's say. Yeah, that's, that's, that's good news. That's good news at this. Yeah, Ashik also says, uh, I guess um, uh, when we introduce Kaya, so that's he says, that's okay, Kaya, we respect, we love you, but no mercy this weekend. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> I, I think Majid will be big in Valencia for me, so that we are on there. <laughs> yeah, <all right>. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, we, we were missing this fire, you know, for the last uh, uh, 15 minutes. But yeah, man, good to know that your internet is better. <laughs> uh, Meta TV says, um, Vinny will dunk on you in Mestaya Saturday night. We won't forget what happened last time. Yeah, I mean, it's just uh, what happened last time. Yeah, man, uh, but realistically, uh, Gaia, like, um, do you actually feel that Vinny uh, is going to be restricted once again? Do you think um... Farouk, Farouk mentioned something earlier? You know, he said um, he gave like a probability saying that um, if Vinicius was mature enough, if he, was, if he had gotten, if he has that level of maturity you know, to look beyond the jazz, the crowd, booing him and all of that, then he'll be he'll be in a better place generally throughout for Madrid and all of that. I feel Vinicius hasn't attained that level of maturity yet. It lets things get into his skin. So definitely, um, the fans are, are going to be on the stage from the first minute. Is is they are going to derail his focus? It's not going to be focused here. Yeah. I'm I'm hundred percent, one hundred percent sure of that. It's not going to be focused. It's unfortunate it was led to the old Jerry and booing and all of that. But yeah, this is what it is, and I'm hundred percent sure his, his mind is going to be on different things on that on that particular day. And yeah, Terry Terry Rendell, Terry Correa is back. If he do, if he does start here, yeah, I, I feel like yeah. I don't know about that, man. Like, uh, I, I'm gonna, just going to read this comment out and add my own thoughts. Uh, so Ashik says, these players are professionals. They are focused on the game. Sports media has a slow day and they are hyping it up to add drama to the game. It's like promoting a boxing or a UFC bout almost. Yeah, yeah, I agree with this. And on top of that, like, personally, I felt like when the stakes are actually like very high, like this, we're we can't slip up at this point in the season, especially when uh, La Liga is like kind of within our grasp, asked to lose. So I feel like Vinny in these situations, he's much more mature and he's not going, even if the crowd like really gets at him, I feel like he can handle it. Uh, Ashik also says, Gaia, I think your router is from the Mestaya. You get, uh, you got to get one from the Bernabeu. They always come back to life. <laughs> no way, I fixed. I fixed my issues here. Yeah. yeah, man, it, it's almost back to life. Uh, so yeah, um, Ashik says Alfonso isn't consistent, so he may end up being a hit if he can handle the pressure when things go south. Otherwise, this may be bad for his career. I don't know, man. Like, I'll come to you, uh, Farouk. Like, uh, what what's your like take on how the Alfonso transfer will go if it happens, uh, especially in terms of his injury situation and whatnot? Yeah, I think that's the issue, you know, with the injury situation and what is and what is not. So, like, you know, we we just have to hope that you know, like, he can keep fit and you know, uh, remain focused. But what I would say is like, you know, Alfonso, Alfonso Davies has performed, you know, uh, at the highest level, you know, in Champions League finals and shit like that. You know, he's he's, he's come to the fore and like, I uh, kind of feel like, yeah. 
maybe there's you know a bit of inconsistency there. Well, let's not forget that also he's young and also the instability at Bayern Munich over the last 18 months has also not you know been too good for him because let's not forget that before even you know uh, the whole the Tuchel and the Nagelsmann team before that it was also the uh, what was the name Kovac and, and Kovac as also like you know it's 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 just been turmoil upon turmoil upon turmoil at Bayern Munich. So I think that's not you know good for him as well. Like yeah, I mean. Uh, a lot of people are buying Munich. What I read is that they always, you know, complain the fact that he hasn't taken that next step yet. But I kind of feel like the platform to take that next step, you know, has not been available yet when you keep changing coaches and, you know, you keep changing tactics here and there, you know. So I kind of feel like there is that, but honestly, like, considering what we have right now is Fred and Mendy and, you know, uh, Frank Garcia, I would, you know, uh, take my bet on Alfonso Davies all day long, man. Wow. Um, I don't know about Fred and Mendy. I feel like... Um... We should actually maybe consider selling Fran Garcia, but even if we keep Ferlan Mendy and uh, Alfonso Davies, I'll be the happiest man, man, because we can absolutely get uh, some tactical uh, flexibility that way. If we have both attacking players like, uh, let's say, Gutierrez and uh, Alfonso Davies both, it's it's going to be a nightmare when it comes to uh, situations where, where we actually need to defend. I mean, I, I don't think it's, uh, I actually don't look at it in that perspective. I think like, you know, for Monday for a good 30, 40, 50 million, I don't know what the range will be like, but the range between 30, 50, I think it's, it's good money, honestly. It's money that you can re reinvest and stuff like that. And I think if you can bring back Miguel Gutierrez, I think he gives you a different, uh, you know, alternative to what, uh, to what you know, uh, Alfonso gives you. And I think it's just up to the coaching staff to do that. I mean, come on, like, it's not like we have been playing with, I don't know, uh, Michael Asian as a fullback since the beginning of time, and like we've played with Marcelo and Carval at the same time, and they were both flying. You know, it's just up to you know the team to you know have a compact way of defending. Like we, you have to defend as a team. It's not just anyone's individual responsibility to you know how many times have we seen you know Rafa Varane run over or, you know Sergio Ramos run over to to cover you know the space that has been left by the fullback. So I think that's just a thing. Like fullbacks are really integral to the to the to do you know to the way you play. Honestly, especially right now that you know. We're like in total creativity from, I mean, okay, yeah, Carvalho this season has stepped up a lot and you can see how much impact that has been, you know, if only we could get a bit of, you know, that sort of uh, impact in the attacking out from also, you know, from, from uh, I don't know, wherever it is that was playing, but it's just something that doesn't exist, you know, that's why we always, you know, call for Kamadinga to start as a, as a fullback, so I kind of feel like Mendy, I think he's good on the market, like I think he's going to be someone that Premier League fans are going to love because they just love athleticism and, you know, no technicality, so I feel like that's 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 fair. Mohawk, like, I mean, come on, why speak you your mind, Mohawk. Like, why is why like, is why like, he, he, he like completely like you know it's like uh, he completely took Falomeni and reduced him to garbage the way he said. <laughs> <laughs> the Premier League fans love athleticism and no technique, so I don't know. <laughs> Anyway, so <laughs> uh, we'll we'll see when it actually happens, man. When when we have to worry about it. Uh, personally, for me, like I don't think Mendy should leave, uh, even if we get. Yeah, for, I'll tell you something funny, okay? Uh, when for Mendy was at Lyon, people were more happy about his offensive com contribution than his defensive contribution. So when he comes to Madrid and he's, everybody sees that this guy's good defensively but worse offensively, everybody was shocked and they was like, "Man, this guy used to be totally different at Lyon." So, you know, I mean, maybe he's not completely garbage defense, uh, you know, technique-wise. Technique maybe there's something that Premier League fans get to see. Can be. Actually, you know, one thing maybe that might, that worked maybe against his offensive ability was that, if you guys remember, like, when he first came, it was that season where Zidane was like, okay, yeah, we have to just win 1-0, 1-0, and that's just it, you know. There was that defensive stability that, you know, was 
was something that I actually never could have related to, you know, a Zidane team before. And actually, that's when I my respect for him as a coach increased because he showed that he could be something else, you know. Like that that season, we were just basically like, you know, Mourinho's Chelsea, like just score one goal and you close the market. And that, that that was it. I think maybe that was why, you know, Mendy as well, you know, had to adapt to that role as well. Could be, could be. Could be indeed. All right, uh, let's go for the ad break. Uh, we're going to hear from Doris when we're back. We're going to go through the lineups with Gaia and the lineups as well. Hello, Madridistas. Uh, I'm back once again to remind you guys that we partnered up with Manscaped. And uh, if you want to help and support this project and this little family of ours, uh, be sure to check out Manscaped and use code LBR20 at checkout for 20% off and free shipping. So 2024 is in full swing, we're already a month in and if you had any New Year's resolutions to look better, you know, feel better, uh, I have a company called Manscaped, they're trusted by more than 10 million men worldwide and if you want to take a positive step, you know, in a good direction this year, uh, start with yourself and Manscaped asked us to introduce you guys to the new lawnmower 5.0 Ultra, uh, it's a hair trimmer you know for your sensitive bits uh, it features skin safe technology you know to keep your sensitive bits safe it has an led bright it's waterproof you can use it in the shower you get two extra heads uh, blade heads to uh, go either full smooth or a normal blade head um, if you want to go all in you can get the whole package you get a nose trimmer you get crop preserver it's a ball deodorant uh, you get some aftershave and in the box you also get some boxers and a bag you know to keep all of those things in um, so yeah if you're interested go to uh, manscape.com use code LBR20 to get 20% off at checkout uh, and free shipping that's LBR20 to get 20% off uh, and free shipping at manscaped.com. And thank you guys. Uh, and back to the video. Oh, I hope they did not hear me calling Nigerians what I just called them. I mean, they did not revoke my <laughs> without me not being <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were all going to, you were muted, so. Uh, no slander was uh, good. Right. But well, before before we talk about slander, you know, going from Adoris ad break, there's some good news for you know Farouk. Uh, apparently, Shakira wants to perform in like in Madrid on her next tour. So at the Bernabeu, you're gonna get Shakira. You know, I'm sure <laughs> Farouk is not gonna buy tickets for that. <laughs> no. you know, the important no. question is: Is PK gonna be in the crowd? I mean, PK is definitely going to run away from Spain, but Shakira is in Spain, so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you, you, you guys I do was... know that Shakira used to be a Madrid fan, right? What? Oh, really? I never knew yeah. that. Yeah, she, she, she used to be a Madrid fan before she married PK. Oh, wow. Like, there were even videos of her after she married PK. She, she, there was a Madrid scored a goal, and she was almost about to celebrate, and then checked herself, and she realized, you know, uh, she's married to PK. <laughs> I mean, she's like, never mind to PK, but yeah. Oh, wow. Ashik says, uh, we don't want Shakira at the Bernabeu, even if her hips don't lie. Man, if she's a minted fan, uh, let, let her go, man. Maybe it's her dream to perform there. 
Yeah, I think it's from El Confidential. Like it broke like two hours ago. So it's yeah. I mean, it's a good thing. I mean, Taylor Swift is performing. We raised a lot of money. So yeah, yeah, exactly. That's the thing. Like you know, it's 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 stuff. And I don't know, man. Like Taylor Swift, like has I don't I don't know. It's the hype right now. You know, like they were selling the tickets for Taylor Swift at the to the Sincere actually, and like. In one, uh, like it was like two days. Uh, I think it's in June or something. I can't remember. It's like it was like two days tour, and like in like I think two hours the tickets were out, and like they had to announce the third day. Yeah, yeah, that 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 that's a Taylor Swift phenomenon. You know, the, the, the tickets for a concert like incredibly rare. You, uh, I remember like in, in India they they uh, she's never gone to India. I think maybe I'm wrong, but uh, there there are movie theaters that will play uh, videos of her concert. So it's like a movie, you know. You you go buy a ticket and then you sit and watch Taylor Taylor Swift performing a con in a concert in a movie theater. So that's the level of craziness that is there for her. And I mean, I, I talked about this before as well. The the uh, post announcing uh, Taylor Swift performing with you know in the Bernabeu from Madrid and it kind of got like four million five million views. And in that same period on her Twitter, it kind of went eighteen million hundred million views. So I mean, there's there's a difference to you know these. That's the level of game, yeah. Yeah. Okay, man. Crap, man. This is it. Gen Z people or are the millennials? I think. Actually, I think like, like, she's been popular for like what 10, 15 years now. Yeah, but uh, bro, like not this level of popular, man. No, I mean she, she's always been this level of popular. That's the thing, right? Yeah. She's a I don't big... think so, man. I mean, I know she is, but like, I mean, at this time, like anywhere you turn, it's like Taylor Swift. You know, everything is literally Taylor Swift, man. Once upon a time, we used to have varieties, man. Varieties like what Akon? <laughs> That's a name I've heard in a long, long, long time. I mean, I'm not that Fuck. old. You're, you're, you're the one. We should say Akon and Michael Jackson to you more. Like I'm not that old, bro. <laughs> you said you're not that old, and then you said you do stuff like Michael Jackson. Come on, man. I mean, MJ, like Michael Jackson is older than Akon. That's what I said to you. Like we should say to you, Michael Jackson and Akon in disguise. Right, guys. So, let, let's uh, get back onto topic. But yeah, man, I, I'm excited for, for both concerts. Um, so yeah, man, Gaia, walk us through the Valencia lineup, man. What do you think is going to be the lineup? Okay. Uh, first time this season, I think Barra has um, the full squad available to him. Um, Sierra Correa is back from injury. Um, Andrea Almeida is also in the future for the first time since in the squad for the first time since. Um, but yeah, um, basically, Jimmy Waters is starting in the undisputable. Um, Dimitri Fouquet will definitely get a nod, except uh, anything comes up and maybe um, Terry Correa is 100% fit, probably gets a start as he has a speed advantage and will probably be able to keep Vinicius at bay. Um, Kabi back from Afcon is going to start. Um, Christian Mosquera, um, permission to call him a wonder kid. Wonder Kid Christian Mosquera is also going alongside the Akavi, then Gaia on, as, as left back. I mean, midfield, I don't know if, if Ambara is going to do some tweaking, but we should expect um, Ugo Gulaimon and Pepe Lu to start as a double pivot. Um, Sejikanos is, is fit. Sejikanos might start um, as left winger or should start as left winger. Um, Fran Perez or Diego Lopez. Diego Lopez has a face injury, so he's currently on the mask. I think he was meant to be fit for the last game against Granada, which was postponed. Well, yeah, he should be fit for Madrid. So there's a, there's a decision to be made whether to play Fran Perez or Diego Lopez. Then uh, Ugo Drew is going to start undisputed. Um, I think he's on he's on nine goals this season. Or maybe he's on double figures already. 
where that's his best league tally. Um, Umiarem Chuk or Selim Amala, or maybe Avi Guerra to start alongside him. Yeah, so like there's three decisions made who is going to start alongside um, Ugodura as, um, as a supporting striker. Probably with Umiarem Chuk um, because he's now on form. Um, Selim Amala has go back from the half form, so he's being eased into the team. Um, I think he did start against Las Palmas, though. Avi Guerra, as he hasn't, he hasn't had the best of form, but then he's a, he's a big game player, I think. Um, against um, Atletico Madrid, we saw what he could do. Um, and he has performed in like big, big games. And Mestaya, basically. So he's a big game player. Um, so I think Ambaram, I want to play him. But then we'll start, we're going to start out in the 4 4 2, in the clear 4 4 2. So yeah, um, that's my prediction for the, for the lineup. I just want to ask about. Uh... Uh, Yaremchuk, is he like a discount uh, Dovbek or is he more of a Siganko? Is he more mobile? Um, I'll, I'll say it's kind of like a Dovbek player, a Dovbek profile, but then he's mobile. Um, he gets he gets into positions a lot. Um, anytime he plays alongside Ugudu, he probably gets more of the shots, he gets more chances. But yeah, he doesn't play as much as Ugudu because Ugudu is the only special player. Um, Ariel is is the perfect player. Crosses from Gaia to Yaremchuk. He gets the chances. He scores. He scores goals in games where Valencia are basically dominating and like have a flurry of chances from the counter and all of that. Yeah. So he's, he's, he's mobile, but then he has a like target man type of profile in him. Right. Yeah, man. Anyways, it's, it's always a good idea to start uh, former Real Madrid players. You know, I'll, I'll tell you a funny stat. It's like. Uh, Half of the goals conceded by Real Madrid in La Liga this season have been scored by former Real Madrid players. <laughs> yeah, um, and uh, Ugudro's first season against um, this thing at Valencia, he scored um, in the first game against Mestalla. No, um, Valencia Madrid won two one. So yeah, I'm banking on him to score that goal this season on Saturday. Right. Yeah, I, I think Jacob, every every player who's scored against Madrid this season has come from the Castilla, like from Fabrica, not exactly Castilla. But I think all of them have played Fabrica as well. So. Not just ex Madrid players, but ex Fabrica players. And Hugo Duro played a season at Fabrica. So. It's going to be peak. We've man. already started one goal down. One goal down, yeah. Oh, man. Uh, man, Farouk, since you're back, uh, I feel like we haven't had this discussion for a long, long time. Um, you can kick things off at the goalkeeper position, man. Who do you want to see start? I mean, thank God at least there's a bit of consistency now based on what I've seen across the past games. And uh, I think, yeah, Lillian continues with that consistency, you know. Uh, it should not be that, you know, back and forth. Yeah, as I said, like, you know, either I'm a changed man or like Lillian actually uh, was better against the game against Sevilla. Like, uh, <clears throat> I felt like uh, it, it, it was different from the Lillian I left. The Lillian I saw at the weekend was better, so... Yeah, I think that's the thing. Like that's what consistency does with to you as well. I think so. Like the more you play, you know, the the, the more you get, you know, you get confident and you know you, you you come into your game and stuff like that. So I think yeah, I'm doing it to just you know carry on as from where he stopped. Lovely. And for defense, uh, I know Carvajal is back. Uh, Kamavinga is back as well, back from suspension. Or is Carvajal uh, serving like a two two day ban? He's back, right? I, I think he's supposed to be back. Yeah. I think it was just a one game one, so he should be back. Yeah, so he's back. Uh, so I guess that uh, eases some of the worry that we have been having at right back. It's going to be Carvajal, uh, Rudiger, Nacho, and Mendy again. Or uh, do you see? Yeah, a, for me, it's Mendy. Do you see a rare the start only for thing, 
No, I think the only uh, question in defense I might be if like if Ancelotti decides to start Chouamani instead of Nacho. But apart from that, I think it's going to be pretty much that. You know, Carvajal, uh, Rudiger, uh, whoever starts a center back in Mendy. Farouk, do you think that you've seen uh, Chouamani uh, in defense, right? Like, do you think he actually warrants a start over Nacho? I don't know, like, has Nacho been that terrible? I, I honestly don't know, but I feel like the thing also is there, like, you know, every time Real Madrid needed something, you know, Nacho is the first person to go off and stuff like that. So, I don't know what his form has been like, but I feel like it's safe to, you know, continue with that consistency of, you know, having the centre-back as, you know, a centre-back, and if things don't go away, then, you know, you just can pull him off and, you know, have a, a, the ability to change stuff, you know. Because I feel like, you know, Chouamani's presence in the midfield is, you know, uh, it's a, a, quite a controlling presence, so I wouldn't want to lose that, you know, and put him down, you know, into into a defensive uh, role. So I think if things don't go well, then you know, Carlo can repeat the trick that he has, you know, done over past games and just, you know, take off Nacho, push Tramani down, and then you know, uh, Cruz and whoever it is can, you know, be the uh, holding off. Yeah, man, I, I feel like that's gonna be our trump card for the second half of the season. Uh, just uh, have an extra midfielder there. Bring on Kamavinga for uh, Chaumini and you know, we have a really dynamic attacking team when we actually need a, need a goal. Oh, really? I, I, I thought, you know, Hoselo was gonna be our trump card. Hoselo? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, but uh, more like, do you have any news on Hoselo? Like, is he gonna be back soon? Uh, I think it, they said like two to three weeks, right? So for Valencia game is completely ruled out. So mm. ah, okay. So he's gonna be back March then, I guess. Maybe after the international break, because uh, March, like two yeah. after the second week of March, is the international break as well. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Remains to be seen. So for for Valencia, he's definitely not gonna be back. We'll see after that when he's you know we'll see. We'll we'll read the news and we'll know after that. All right. Um... That's it, man. More, uh, take it away, man. Like, what do you think the midfield is going to be? Yeah, man, midfield is definitely going to be Fede Cruz, uh, like Chouamani, if he doesn't start in the defense, and, uh, you know, uh, uh, Brahim. Uh, like, we don't really have options apart from that, you know. It's going to be Vinicius and uh, Rodrigo starting once again. Hotelou is missing. Bellingham is missing. I don't really see Articular, you know, suddenly forcing his way into the starting lineup. So, yeah, that's basically what we expect. Yeah, so so no Luca Modric. No, <laughs> I mean, it's tough for me to see Luca Modric. Faruk even said Ceballos. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I mean, yeah, uh, I think you know, uh, Luca as well. I don't. I I agree with more on this. I don't see Luca starting as well. But I mean, you never control. You know, like it might be a curveball with you know Brian being replaced by Luca. But I think that most likely wouldn't happen. Honestly. But yeah, so, I mean. Articular is also letting you want to throw into the hat as well, you know. You know, just never can tell. Yeah, man. Like uh, the the thing that I don't in the last game was like, why did Ceballos have to come on? Like, uh, I think Articular might have been happy with like a five with like five minutes uh, like on his birthday. But why did Ceballos have to come on? Like, do you actually think he provides more intensity than uh, Articular? I mean, he's physically. He's physically more like imposing than Adagulur at this point in time, and I think defensively needs a certain amount of experience, and I suppose that provide that. Exactly, that's just. Well, I just kind of feel like uh, there wasn't too much there. I feel like you could have just, you know, let the kid just come on and just forget about it. But yeah, it is what it is. 
Uh, Farouk is Ancelotti, you know, he just doesn't let the kids come on just for, you know, making them happy. He, he's kind of like you. He wants to, he doesn't care about the age. All he wants is performances. Ah, of course. I mean, that's 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 what we do, man. Like, there is, it's. I mean, there, you don't have to get sentiment in business, man. Otherwise, you're gonna like, you know, crash and you know, find yourself in the fourth or fifth division, 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 when you have to be ruthless, man. Ruthless, yeah. I mean, I, I should, I should, I could get a big photo of you know, like Florentino Perez and put it behind me, like you know, like yeah. I mean, that's just what business is, bro. Like, we do not do sentiment. Say, you do the job. Once you're done, you're done, man. I, I mean. <laughs> The relationship lasts as long as you're, you're useful, man. After that, I'm sorry. Bye-bye. See you next time. <laughs> Guys, can we actually make that happen? We, Farouk, we'll pull together, man. We'll get, get you the biggest portal we can find of Fiorentino. <laughs> or, or we could do this. You know, we, could, we could take a portrait of Farouk and we could take a portrait of Florentino and we can merge them both. Our Florentino, our Farouk. <laughs> Oh, God. Actually, that's not a bad idea. Okay, let's see, let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. Yeah. Uh, Ashing actually weighed in with this uh, um, lineup as well. He says, uh, Farouk, if you say Kappa should start, then I'm going to start supporting Barcelona. We can't be supporting the same team, LOL. Fortunately, I didn't say that. I mean, come on, Ashik, we have to be supporting the same team. And you, you cannot be supporting, you know, people that live in certain cities, man. Yeah, and his chosen front three is uh, Vinny, Rodrigo, and Brahim. Uh, he says uh, Tony will start in midfield and Chomini as well. But he brings up an interesting point. Uh, he says it could be a toss-up between Fede and Kamavinga. Do you actually think Fede could get some rest uh, for Valencia and, you know, we could actually start Kamavinga? On my end, no chance. Fede starting. Non-negotiable, yeah. He rests when there's Man, when will Fede get any rest then? Like, we cannot take him until like 80th or 85th minute at least. You know, as Farouk would say, when he falls dead. <laughs> if he's there, why is he sitting on the bench? <sighs> yep. Well, yeah, I mean, jokes apart, like, I get, I get the point where it's like, you know, but because, you know, also like we have the game against Leipzig as well, but I don't know, you know, you, it's at the very number, maybe you kind of feel a bit more comfortable about that. But let's not forget as well, Ajax came and did the whole bullshit at the very number as well. But anyways, the game at Domasia also carries, you know, as we mentioned before, like even forget about the whole Vinicius thing. It's always been a very, very tricky fixture for Real Madrid. So I think like we need, you know, all hands on deck to this game. And yeah, I mean, I also agree that a bit more that it's, 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 it's further, man. It's further. Yeah, especially uh, away at the mess tire. It's not going to be a CB. We will need Fede supporting Carvajal at all. Do you guys see a midfield though without Brahim and like it's like Fede and it's Chouameni and it's Cruz and it's Kamavinga? Who is going to play in like the forward role? Cruz? Fede maybe. Fede. Hmm. Fede maybe. Yeah. But then you lose out on the defensive protection that it brings, you know, especially for Carvajal. No, but you still have like both Kamavinga and Chouameni. Like, I, I feel like the, both of them combined can maybe do what Fede does. Go ahead, man. I was going yeah, to ask ahead. a question um, in, in, regards, in regards to Brian Diaz, yeah? Currently, is on good form, yeah? But when Bellingham comes back from injury, what do you think Carlo Ancelotti should do? Should, should he bench him entirely for, for Bellingham? Because I know Bellingham, Bellingham is on droppable and he, most times he plays 90 minutes, especially when he's very fit. What do, you, what do you think the future holds after that for um for Brian Diaz and uh, like, what exactly are your thoughts about his performances right now? 
I think his short term future uh, is definitely on the bench. Uh, he is going to come on uh, whenever we need to give a player a bit of rest or when we need to change things or when we need to add an, an attacker uh, extra to the attack when we need a goal. Uh, or his long term stuff, man, uh, I think more Farouk should handle it. I, I have no idea. <laughs> I mean, because uh, I don't know I Ibrahim mean... personally, right? Like, uh, I feel like he could be potentially happy with like a bench role, but I'm not too sure. Yeah, you know, you, you know, Jacob, I have I have his number, and we do chat on WhatsApp. You know, that's yeah, yeah, why yeah. I know. <laughs> For, Jacob, I'll just say this: you know, there's no player in the world who became a professional player who would be happy sitting on the bench. So, for me personally, lot I mean, right now I'm just enjoying Brahim. We'll see what happens in the, for the future this summer. But for now, I'm kind of happy with his performance. And just to answer like Gaia's question, yeah, definitely. If Ben Bellingham comes back fit, he's obviously starting. The there has been some, you know, there have been some calls to drop Rodrigo for uh, Brahim, but I don't really see that happening as, as well. So yeah, for me, Brahim is the one the making those calls. He's in the comments saying, "When Bellingham comes back, I'd bench Rodrigo and start Brahim." Sorry, no, man, you can't bench. Like for for me personally, I wouldn't bench Rodrigo. Yeah, uh, let's talk a bit, uh, maybe a few minutes about Rodrigo, man. Like, uh, do you think his form is actually worrying? It's been a while since he scored or looked clinical at all. I mean, it's a little bit worrying because of, you know, you obviously said that there there have been some chances we could have done better, but then we, we talked about this, you know, the thing is like Ramadur is playing to get Vinicius into goal scoring positions. Apart from that, Brian Bellingham has been the one who's been making the difference and making things happen. Uh, Rodrigo has been, you know, shoehorn into a role where he's becoming more of a facilitator for these guys than being the primary striker. And when situations like these happens, when you're like more focused on, you know, creating for other players, you kind of tend to lose your, uh, let's say, uh, your killer mindedness in the box. You know, you don't, you don't really have the decisiveness. We saw this happen with Benzema when he was, you know, when he was busy facilitating for Cristiano. And there were some misses where you would like, you know, completely pull your hair out. But we always knew that Benzema had a lot of potential. And when once Cristiano went, he suddenly changed his game. So for me, uh, we also saw this with Rodrigo when during October, November, when, you know, he, he kind of went into form and was scoring so many goals and was carrying Real Madrid. So for me personally, I'm not not worried because I think Rodrigo brings a lot to the team, you know, especially combining with Bellingham and uh, Bellingham and Vinicius. And it also drops deep and does a lot of defensive work. So for me, what he brings to the team is like intangibles, and you really can't, you know, discount that. So I would always start Rodrigo or Brian. Yeah, definitely. I actually, you know, can understand, you know, the <clears throat> the short termism, or I don't know, revisionist theory, as you know, they call it, or whatever it is. But I just feel like, you know, uh, unfortunately, there are certain players who just, you know, in the history of Real Madrid, always going to be, you know, supporting casts, and I think Brian is just one of them. You know, he's never going to be a main actor. I think at this concern what we have right now. And what might happen in the summer as also I just don't see, you know, Brian holding it down on a CN. As Mo said, you know, like the you cannot fault, you know, Rodrigo for the lack of trying on a CN. I feel like the the change in shape constantly, like, you know, and as more rightly pointed, you know, there was a there was a stretch where like, you know, Vini was out and like we saw the best of Rodrigo as well, you know. And then there was a point, you know, where at the beginning of the season, they were trying to figure out how to play with Jude, and then they figured that out, and then these guys got injured, and then they came back. Like the system has constantly been changed, and when you look at it, like both Vini and Jude actually have always remained constants. The person whose role has always been changed, almost you know, on a weekly or a bi-weekly basis, has been Rodrigo. So I think it's kind of unfair, you know, to keep asking him, like you know, to keep changing the role and keep you know, 
being the facilitator and also the finisher as well. I think that's something that, you know, I knew select one of the two. So I think that's just a thing like with Rodrigo and I feel like, you know, uh, and also he has, you know, this tendency for the excitement as well. And I just, I do definitely think that, you know, I'd rather keep, you know, Rodrigo on the pitch because I know that there's a high chance, you know, that he has a higher chance of impacting the game that than Brian, in my opinion, you know, his ceiling's much more higher. So, yeah, I think it's, it's, it's Rodrigo every day of the week. Fair enough. Yeah, man. Uh, let's uh, kind of wrap this up and go for the predictions. Uh, let's start with you, Gaia, man. Um, what do you think the scoreline is going to be? In one new people Valencia, straight up. Is Hugo Toro the one scoring goal? Obviously. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Hugo Toro is the one scoring goal. Definitely. Without Barbara. Yeah, man. Uh, Farouk, how about you, man? Like, uh, do you think uh, Valencia can keep a clean sheet against this version of Vinicius? I know he's going to be fired up, ready to make an impact. Yeah, I don't, I, I just don't see, you know, any universe that that exists, you know, like, I mean, we are living in different, you know, galaxies with, 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 you know, with Gaia, like he is, you know, somewhere else. And in, where he lives, you know, like, uh, Valencia has a bit of, you know, clout and stuff like that. Well, yeah, in the real world, man, like Valencia is just, I mean, we thought you respect, like, yeah, we're not even in the same stuff. Either. I see a 2 new victory, man, but I think it's going to be, you know, a very, very uh, harsh game. No, maybe not the best to watch, but because obviously I also don't see Vini, you know, at his best, so honestly. But I do think he's going to get in the goals, but like not at his free-flowing best, but I do think it's a, it's, it's a real Madrid victory. A 2 new victory, clean sheet for Lunin as well. For the nice. Mo, you want to go? Uh, for me personally, I think it's going to be a tricky game because it's Mastaya. We're missing Bellingham and everything. And with the form we've shown in like the past two games, uh, you know, dealing with the opponents, for me personally, I think it's going to be a draw. Maybe a scoring draw, 1 1 or 2 2. 1 1 may be more likely. But yeah, that's, that's what I'm expecting. Wow, man. Negative. But yeah, uh, I understand that sentiment. Um, for me, uh, I'm going to predict a 2-1. I feel like uh, it's been a while since we conceded a goal. And uh, I think it's for some reason it's just going to happen in this game. And uh, I see a red card also on the cards. Hopefully it's not for Cruz or someone. Maybe it's, <laughs> it's probably for, I don't know. Vinicius, man. Definitely Vinicius. Hmm. I don't know. <laughs> maybe, maybe. If there's one player I would put down for getting a red card at Mesta, is going to be Vinicius. Could be man, or all signs to point to that. Um, yeah, for says, all the right reason. Yeah, <laughs> Ashik says it's going to be four-one to uh, Real Madrid. Nacho's going to be the one scoring for them, and it's going to be a Vinicius hat trick. <sighs> oh, so we fusion from Hoselo hat trick to Vini hat trick. Oh, actually, Hoselo is not fusion. Yeah. Otherwise, what do you think? Man? I mean, if, was if, if it's four-one, I'll be like jumping with joy. I'll be that happy. This game for me, like incredibly tricky for Madrid. Yeah. It's definitely going to be close. It's not going to be the 5 1, yeah, for sure. So, I don't know. Maybe yeah, if we sign Haaland for a game, he might score like five goals <laughs> in three minutes or something. <laughs> yeah, man, what, what a performance. But mm-hmm. did you actually uh, see that? Like, that was totally funny to me, uh, to everyone as well. Uh, Pep was still like animated on the touchline, instructing his players. I wasn't happy with something, even at 6 2 or 5 1. You know, uh, for me personally, I would say this, you know, Farouk described the fact that Premier League fans love players who have a lot of physicality and no technique. I don't really count myself into that, so I don't really pay much attention to what happens in the Premier League. So <laughs> I have to kind of apologize after the game. 
was just casually insulting the fans of English football, man. Come on, sure. I mean, you did it for oh. me. I just, I just quoted you. You know, Farouk is a great man. No, no, so I have to quote him. No, no, no. I mean, I'm not saying like you know physicality and no technicality is bad. I'm just saying like this is what it is. You know, like uh, uh, fans of total football. You know, so you yeah, I, 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 I know. I, I agree. I, I kind of like. I just want to clarify. I don't really think they're Premier League. You know, just physicality and nothing else. Before people start, you know, set, before what happened after the City game starts happening again with people trying to follow as sending us messages and everything. So, <laughs> But come on, I mean, it's I mean, if Liverpool was you know, the, okay, Liverpool won the UCL as well. But come on, like what they had with the whole Henderson Ronaldo thing, like I mean, come on, like with all due respect, like a player like Henderson should not be playing at the top level, in my modest opinion. Honestly, a player like Henderson should not be playing at the top level. He was nothing more than an athlete. That's just the thing. Uh, yeah, I mean, both to kick the ball. I, I I do get that sentiment, but personally, like, yeah, I mean, we kind of have to give it to the English team, especially Pep, because you know, when once he's gone there, he's kind of revolutionized with how City play, and I think a lot of people have kind of started following that, you know, with Arteta at Arsenal, and maybe not exactly Pep, but he's kind of, you know, Arsenal are always known for playing good football before, you know, Sunet gets angry with me. Yeah, so uh, yeah, I mean, Arteta has done well bringing that style, and uh, so a lot of small smaller teams as well. I think Brighton and the Deserby also like you know are more position oriented. So th- there have been some changes, especially with the technical level of the game. So I mean, uh, Premier League is a good league, man. But you know, Real Madrid, the league Real Madrid plays is always better. Heck yeah. <clears throat> okay. Yeah, guys, Ashik asks, uh, if it's four one, then what do I get? He's asking for a Nigerian jersey, JJ or Kochoa jersey, but then I would say, like, for, uh, Ashik, what would you say to a signed poster of, you know, Farouk, uh, Farouk as the Real Madrid president? Oh, Fa- Farouk Tino Perez. <laughs> ah, I mean, if, if, if you want a JJ or Kocha jersey, man, like, I mean, we have Gaia here on board, like, you know, if Gaia, but then, I mean, Gaia is this 4 1 and we ask him to give a JJ or Kocha jersey, I think that's too much. I don't know. What do you think, Gaia? <laughs> I I definitely would 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 not be uh would be a party to that yeah after losing phone. Uh, no no no. <laughs> no I, I can understand I can understand the sentiment. But okay, actually we can do this, you know, as as, as you know, as Moan's pointed, we can do like Fantino Perez, you know. I can sign something to you huge like this, you know, sign my image and just ship it to you. I think maybe in three, four, five years that's gonna be something that's gonna watch a lot of money, you know. So you might just keep that. I don't know if that if that works fine for you as well. Yeah. Uh, he says uh, Farouk Tino Perez is fine. Farouk Tino Perez handling handing a jersey to Ashik Sander the Great. Wow. Oh, that was a good one. That was a good one. <laughs> oh man. God, I miss this shit, man. It's it's nice to be back on a seat. It's nice to be back, man. Ashik is the Ashik is the OG, man. That was a good one. Ashik Tino the Great. See, that's Ashik Sander the Great, rather, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's a great one. That's a great one. Okay, Ashik, it's a done deal. Then we're shaking hands virtually on this. Nice man. Yeah, let's hope for a four-one. But yeah, man, uh, Kaya, it's been a pleasure having you. I know we ha- we had our issues with the router, and but you know you fixed it. You came back to life. Uh, hopefully, you don't have a comeback <laughs> against Real Madrid. <laughs> There's no need for a comeback. It's very straight out win. Don't worry, my brother. It's my pleasure. <laughs> I'm honored to be here. Too. Yeah, yeah. 
all right and uh, also thank you all of you guys for being in the comments you know ashik metro tv and all of you guys still watching thanks for tuning in uh, do check out our sponsors manscape you know like could be the last chance to actually buy something with our code from them um last but not the least i'd like to shout out our partners over at remnant committee they do an awesome job and have an excellent instagram page so check them out and all of your audio platform listeners man uh to leave more reviews let us know what you think um tell us how we can improve the podcast so yeah and you know what you know what to say guys let's go hala madre hala madre hala hala farutino yeah hala farutino amuns valencia